Nearly a decade ago, I found myself filling the hours by listening to podcasts while my husband, Brooks, was training with the U.S. Army. Walking the streets of our Army post, I dreamt of creating something for women that bridged that gap between sermon audio and small talk. It was on the floor of my tiny closet on post that that very dream, the Dream for the Journey Women podcast, came to fruition in June of 2017. And today, by God's grace, Journey Women is now a not-for-profit ministry with the aim of moving women to know and love God more. Our monthly and one-time givers help make our mission possible. If you'd like to support the work that we do, you can make a tax-deductible donation by visiting journeywomen.org forward slash give. Thank you for investing in the work of Journey Women. Welcome to the Journey Women Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Bielis. Life's a journey we were never meant to walk alone. We all need friends along the way. On the Journey Women Podcast, we'll chat with mentors about gracefully navigating the seasons and challenges we face on our journeys to glorify God. On today's episode, I am chatting with Sally Clarkson about gentleness. You guys know that sitting down with a seasoned mentor is definitely one of my simple joys, and today was no different. Sally and I talked about how gentle the Lord is with us, his children, and I asked Sally to join me in this particular conversation because I feel like she really exudes gentleness, particularly through her role as a spiritual mother. You guys are going to hear her heart to come alongside women in whatever season they're navigating and just to point them to Jesus and to really practice true discipleship. Now, on to my conversation with Sally Clarkson on the topic of gentleness. Sally, welcome to the Journey Women podcast. I am absolutely honored to be sitting at my kitchen table chatting with you today. (laughs) Well, I'm honored that you would ask me to be on your show. This is really fun, and I love what you do, and I love the women who are going to hear us today. I just love sitting and listening to your show. It feels like I'm sitting with a seasoned mentor. I love your relationship with your kiddos. It's so fun to get to hear about that. And you do so much, Sally, and I really want you to talk about it because there's so many things that I wouldn't be able to even describe it all because uh, you do full-time ministry now. But the main way that I have actually connected with you is through your podcast. I love podcasts. That's why I started a podcast. Oh, good for you. (laughs) I really enjoy listening to podcasts as I'm going about just the everyday mundane work of motherhood. And you have this wonderful podcast called At Home with Sally. It's just been a joy to get to experience you through that median of communication. So I'd love for the listeners to get to hear from you. What are some other things that you do? What's the work the Lord set before you? And where are you guys at right now? Well, at the moment, I am in Monument, Colorado. Um, It's 7,200 feet high so we get a lot of snow and um none of at this point many of us who have lived here for a long time look for any opportunity to escape in the middle of winter (laughs) oh yes Uh, but uh no it's beautiful here and we really love it and this is a part of what i do i am totally committed to my adult children they are my best friends and they're my best mentors i take notes when i talk to them so part of that means that I am always on the go. Um, I have uh, three out of four of my children and my only grandchild and soon to be two grandchildren live in the United Kingdom in England and Scotland. And so I will be probably half time here and half time there because I do a lot of ministry over there and I also get to, to still be a part of their lives. So that's a part of what I'm doing right now. I will be with Sarah when she has her baby in a few weeks, her second baby. But mainly my heart forever has been to mentor disciple women to really know what it means to know a personal God and incarnational Christ, the the real 
um, relationship with him, as well as I love to affirm women in their roles as women who can fulfill their potential by walking with the Lord, women who are mothers, women who have homes and family, because I think that our culture has lost the imagination of how extremely important uh, homes are. Homes are places where values are kept and passed on and where comfort is given and love is learned. And so I just want to validate and affirm these precious ones who are um, doing that. And so I write books. I'm right in the middle of finishing my 21st book, and it will be out next August called Awaking Wonder. And it's been fun for me to write it because it's a little bit of the legacy of my own life with my kids. And I podcast and I speak at events and I train leaders and I host conferences. So that's kind of what I do. That's so wonderful. And I am encouraged personally. The Lord has really validated time and time again through conversations with women who are a few steps ahead of me, like yourself. Remember your primary calling as a disciple of Christ. Let the other things that you do, like this podcast, be an overflow of what you're experiencing in those spaces. And you've lived that out for us so well. Sally, and I'm really grateful for that. And one of the things that I experience from you as I interact with you through the podcast and through what I see you posting online is just your gentleness. Um, And I know you would attribute that to Christ and to the work that He has done in your life, the work of the Holy Spirit. And so I wanted to have you on the show to talk about gentleness today in the context of this series that we're having uh, on the fruit of the Spirit. So we've talked a lot about how this famous passage in Galatians is an invitation to really mirror the character of God and to grow in Christ-likeness. Mm-hmm. And I just love to hear from you. What is gentleness? You model it so well. Can you kind of give words to it for us? You know, I think it's so important to understand that gentleness and humility is at the heart of Christ. Mm. I think that we are really caught up in a do culture, uh, a Martha culture. You know, I hate to always blame old poor Martha, but We tend to measure ourselves by numbers, accomplishments, uh, degrees, whatever. And I just love the fact that when Jesus came to the world as a picture of who God actually is in flesh, that He came with no stately form or majesty that we should look upon Him. In other words, He came humbly, He came quietly, He came not to impress anyone He didn't need to. And that he came as a humble, gentle, kind. I was looking up the word the other day because I've been studying it for a podcast I'm going to be doing, actually, that it had all sorts of words like kindness, softness, thoughtfulness. And um, I was also in my own quiet time the other day, it just happened that I was reading a passage in Isaiah, and um, it was in the middle of but the Babylonian Empire coming over to take over the Israelites because they were so in rebellion against God. And right in the midst of this passage of how they had turned away from Him and um, all the ways they had created idols for themselves, God comes through Isaiah and says, Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Hmm. And I thought, wow, what a picture of a God who could judge, but a God who came to speak tenderly. And I think that as I look back in my life and realize that by God's grace, I I had an impact on my four adult children. And I learned early that they didn't really want my agenda. They didn't want my lectures. 
They didn't want to know how much knowledge I had, but they really wanted my focused, humble, gentle, soft attention. Uh um, I learned that a lot in different ways through my children, but we can talk about it that as we go. Yeah. I mentioned to you before we started recording that I have three kids, ages nine months, three years old, and five years old. So (laughs) right in the thick of um, being pushed and tempted. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. And especially given our current circumstances, living in a hotel together as a family of five. Uh, We did that for three times, I have to tell you, three floods in our different houses. And I it's hard to believe. (laughs) Okay. I have much commonality with you. Little do you know, but I've heard that you've moved like upwards of almost 20 times. Uh, mm-hmm. And we're on track for that. We're eight years in. And I think after this whole flooding experience, we will have changed houses eight times in the last yeah. eight years. <laughs> 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 but yes, it is. It's so encouraging to me to think about how God dealt gently with his people throughout all of redemptive history and then how God gently deals with me on a daily basis. Life is crazy sometimes, and finding time to sit down and read the Bible can be difficult. That is why I love Dwell. When I can't find time to read the Bible, I can listen to it. The voices reading the Bible are soothing. They're not your normal narrators. Plus, you can choose calming background music and adjust the pace of the narrator's voice to get things just right. Dwell's newest release is called Dwell Daily, a fresh, thoughtfully crafted devotional that immerses you in the word, allowing you to pray it, meditate on it, and so much more. If you're looking to deepen your engagement with the Bible this year, Dwell Daily is worth checking out. I cannot recommend Dwell enough to help you orient your mind to the life-giving word of God throughout your day. Go to dwellbible.com forward slash journeywomen to receive your 25% discount today. Again, that's dwellbible.com forward slash journeywomen for your 25% discount to subscribe and spend time in God's Word. Where else do we see God described as gentle in and through the biblical text? And then you can also just feel free to weave in like how he's dealt gently with you throughout your walk with him, Sally. Well, I grew up in a family that, you know, whether they knew it or not, and it was especially when one parent more than the other, a very high-performance family. And so by the time I got to college, I felt like no matter what I did would never be good enough. And uh, I kind of had developed a voice of self-condemnation in my life. I was on a, a summer project with a bunch of students in Mexico. And this um, man I'd never met before, who was one of the leaders, you know, he said, I'm willing to meet with any student, you know what, he was a teacher. And he said, if there's anything in your heart. And so I met with him privately, secretly, hoping nobody would see me. And I said, you know, I carry this bundle of guilt on my back, no matter what I do, I feel like, you know, it's not enough. And from the outside, I looked pretty together. He took my hand and he looked into my eyes and he said, Sally, very, very gently and quietly, he said, do you know that God loves you so much right now that there is nothing, nothing that would ever make him turn away from his love for you? And as a matter of fact, there's nothing you can do to perform for him. He already decided to love you because he created you individually. And he was just very gentle. And he said, and he just explained to me through scripture 
the unconditional love of God. But it was as much the manner in which he communicated to me, and there wasn't condemnation in his eyes, or there wasn't impatience with all the questions I asked. There was just gentleness. And I realized that I had longed for gentleness and kindness, because I was kind of a bigger-than-life, out-of-the-box, highly driven, um, talked a lot person. And um, so I didn't, you know, I always felt like from the point of view of my family and also um, just in life that I was probably bigger than in life than most people. And I longed for gentle and kind understanding. And that was kind of a beginning of, it was more that gentleness was created as a value that I longed for before that. But it was one of the first times I remember seeing it in a very specific way. Mm, I love that. Your first kind of recollection of your experience um, with God's gentleness is through the gospel. And I feel like that's really the ultimate expression of his gentleness with us is in the way that he loved us Mm -hmm. uh, through sending a son for us. So can we talk about that a little bit? Can we talk about how the gospel in and of itself is an expression of God's gentleness? Well, I definitely think it is. I I was um, thinking the other day, you know, if you if you could ponder, what would I be like if I was a God? Like, how would I create religion? And how would I, I would probably look on all these rebellious, selfish people and be harsh with them, you know, or say, get rid of you or whatever. You know, your natural bent in parenting is a little bit of like a picture of what that might be like, you know, <laughs> yeah. only multiply that to the nth degree. So for sure, get so left to my own devices, that would be scary. <laughs> yeah, and I, and, and I was pondering this the other day, because I, again, I was in Isaiah and I, I thought it's pretty amazing that the God who created the universe and the galaxies and created the beauty and the goodness and created us to enjoy pleasure and tastes and food and and touch, that he would come to the world as a very vulnerable little baby in the form of family. And I think he was validating the importance of family. Mm. He came to us as a family. And that um, that he would bow his knee on a sandy floor to wash 120 dirty mentos. Uh, you know, that he would uh, invite into his presence a prostitute who felt condemned. That he would touch the you know, the unclean, the unlovely mm-hmm. lepers. And uh, so I think so many times we, by not standing back and pondering, what what was the context of the story he told? What were the, who are the people sitting around? Who, who what were their needs? What were their fears? And um, another one of my favorite just contexts is, as I picture when he went on the mountainside before the Sermon on the Mount, you know, he had, in contrast, the Pharisees were legalistic and um, pressing laws on the people and saying, you need to give this and you need to do that. And they already felt oppressed and overwhelmed by the Roman taxes and by everything else. And when Jesus comes for one of his first and most important beginning sermons, um, he looks at them, and we read in and um, uh, I think it's Matthew 9 where it says he, he looked upon them and they were like sheep without a shepherd. Hmm. And he had compassion on them. And so uh, Jesus is looking at his people that he created who are snarly and selfish and demanding. And he's having compassion on them. And this is what he says in the Sermon on the Mount. 
blessed are the poor in spirit. And so even from the beginning, he came to the people with humility, and he was basically saying to them, I see you. If you are downcast, if you are downtrodden, I see you, and I care for you. So I, just by pondering the stories and studying the Word, which is why I tell people to study the Word, not because of some legalism, but the Word is so much better than most Christian sermons I know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) God is so much more loving, so much more uh, of a caring Father. And um, so those are just some of my, I, I could keep going. I have a funny one that I'll tell you in a minute that has really helped me in parenting. But those are some of my ponderings about gentleness. Man, I love that. And I just think so much about how he took the penalty that we deserved. Like, how gentle is that? He had compassion on our, you know, rebellion. It strikes me and, and it humbles me. And yet there's so many challenges that I face on a daily basis, Sally, that I look at and I have a really hard time receiving as an expression of God's kindness and his gentleness. So are there seasons or challenges in your own life? Just having walked with Jesus for years now, I just wonder, like if looking back, you can see how they were an expression of God's dealing gently with you, but how at the time maybe it felt harsh or maybe it felt like it was beyond what you could bear. And yet now you have the perspective and the eyes to see that it actually was God dealing with you gently. Well, I think that one of the things that has been I've had to learn over many, many years is I am I am Pollyanna at heart. I believed all the Cinderella movies I ever saw when I was younger. Um, I I developed a pretty typical American foundation of thinking that mm-hmm. um, you know if 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 we're good things will turn out well and and um, you know I mean kind of a, a works oriented mm-hmm. prosperity gospel uh, Cinderella sort of philosophy all tied up in one. And I wish that someone had told me early in my life, because uh, I said, God, I'll go anywhere, do anything. I was so appreciative of his love for me. And then my life just kept being hard over and over and over again. And I wish that someone had said to me, Sally, I want you to notice these scriptures in the Bible, because God is not a mean God, and God is not an arbitrary God. He does not inflict. It says He can't be tempted by evil, so He doesn't create evil for us to become a part of our lives. Evil is already here. We are in a broken place. We are in the place that crucified Christ. We are in a place where there are disasters. We're in a place where everyone dies. I know just recently, actually, um, tomorrow is a funeral of my daughter's mother-in-law. She was a godly, godly woman, and she raised eight amazing children who love the Lord, and she's dying pretty early. She's much younger than me. And um, we were talking about death, and death is kind of that final picture of the terribleness that happened Mm -hmm. when we were separated from God. So I would look back and say that many times when I felt Like, what in the world is happening? And why do I deserve this? I really wish that I had known earlier that God was calling me to be a warrior, not a spoiled princess. I think having lived in other cultures with people who are poor and people who are hindered in many ways in their lives has helped me to realize that I came into my Christianity with a really good, passionate heart, 
while also being very immature. So when I look back and I realize even now, I mean, it's taken me a lifetime to realize how very selfish I am. I am very selfish. How very um, kind of works-oriented, demanding, and driven I am when really at every moment of every day, God is pleased just for me to come into his presence and say, you know what, you're more important to me than all the other things that I feel like I need to do. And or just bringing him into the moments that I am with people who are surrounding me all the time, who sometimes irritate me. Anyway, that's that's a part of, of what I look back mm-hmm. on. I feel like I was struggling against what Jesus had already said the world was going to be like, in this world you have tribulation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but not really, not me, you know. And, um, you know, being surprised at Christians who didn't behave in a Christian way, being surprised at just the illnesses that my kids had, the um, some of the disabilities that came into our home with them. I was just this surprised, shocked, little immature person. I've talked about this many times on my show, how I just, like, you're right. I read about Peter talking about how it's a fiery trial and, you know, I read about these different things. And then when they hit me, I'm like, wait a second, what am I doing wrong? And it's like, no, this is, this is what we're promised. And this is the life that Jesus lived here on earth. It was hard and it was a battle. Like you said, and it was, uh, it's referred to like childbearing. Like that's not easy. That's Um, so true. That's a great (laughs) person. I think the thing too, that I learned is that Every time I was heartbroken, he was heartbroken, and he was sitting with me crying, weeping, as he was with Lazarus. Mm. And I, I think that it's so easy to say God did this or that to me instead of saying, mm-hmm. um, this has been allowed because of terrible decisions that sinful people have made, but God is with me, and he is so sad with me, and he will collect every tear that I have. Again, his gentleness. I was just reading a couple of verses um, this week for something else I'm working on. Several times in Scripture where it comp- compares God to a nursing mom. Yeah. He said, even as a you know mother would fondle her child upon her knee, or even as a nursing mom would gently take care of her children, so I will take care of you. And um, again, so I, I think that what I, I sometimes I would be suspicious of God and look at him like, you know, I'm kind of afraid to really walk with you today because I never know how you're going to hurt me again or allow something to happen to me. And um, he kind of probably saw me as a toddler and thought, it's okay. I really do love you. And mm. I'm going to give you that love over time. Mm. And, and like you mentioned, just grabbing your Bible and reading the text is such an encouragement because you look back on how he's done that throughout all of history. And you look at his patience and his gentleness with his people, not just like in our own lives personally, but in the lives of believers throughout all of history. And it's like, it's so, it's so clear and it's so evident. And yet it's still so hard, Sally, despite, so hard. <laughs> despite how we have been dealt with so gently, it's so hard to deal gently with others, um, even those whom we love so much. So why is it so difficult to remember like how gently we've been dealt with and then to go and do likewise? Yeah, I think, you know, I I hope I don't step on anyone's toes because please know I'm stepping on my own toes first. But I think that being in overseas a lot of time in the past years, Mm -hmm. I keep forgetting that sometimes we are so... um, Oh, I can't think of the word uh, uh, when we, we have so much that we think we 
are owed all of the things that we have. And I think that our expectation of people is really usually wrong to begin with. Yes. Because we're so busy and we have an agenda and we want people to fit into our agenda because we have good goals and we're really good people. We're good old Christian girls. And um, I think that we almost need to totally transform how we view life and how we view uh, what it means to be humane, what it means to give time to people, to look into their eyes, to be patient with how long it's taking them to tell me what's wrong with them. And, you know, I, I really feel like it's just so hard for young women today because uh, with a cell phone and with the internet, life has just continually gotten faster and faster and more demanding. And we compare ourselves to others. And we want to do everything and have every good opportunity because we don't want to miss out on life. And I think even the ways that we set our goals determine that we are going to be impatient because life is not going to um, cooperate. Uh, babies were made to be dependent. I mean, this <laughs> yes. is not an unusual thing. God yes. created dependent babies from the beginning. It means that they have no other way to get their food other than a parent providing. It means that they can't really go to sleep without comfort and touch and eye contact. My little granddaughter has reminded me of this because she has had difficulty sleeping her whole life. And I, I've had so many different children that I know that some do, some don't. But the way that I would get her to finally quiet down is I would hold her cheek against my cheek. Hmm. And I would put my um, my mouth right at her little ear, cheek, cheek, little ear. And I would start singing her. She'd be squalling. And I would hold her and I would move softly and really almost immediately even now when I start singing Lily songs, she just, her whole little body relaxes. There's thing that needs to relax. That really strikes me right now because we are staying in the same hotel room as a family. And so, (laughs) yeah, I'm really struggling. Bo is really struggling with sleep and it's just been something over the last four weeks that's just really been difficult for me. And I'll be honest, I feel like, especially after the last four weeks, I feel like I'm blowing it on the gentleness factor. Like, of course you are. <laughs> and I know so many of the people who are listening, they feel like that too. Like they want to be gentle and we want to emulate this aspect of God's character in our own lives for the people that are around us, for the glory of God. But yet, we blow it. <laughs> so who is it that enables us to be gentle? And what encouragement do you have for those of us who are just really struggling? I would say the first thing is don't spill all over yourself in self-condemnation. Mm-hmm. What you're doing is oftentimes a reflection of what you don't have. Now, I don't mean that you shouldn't have self-control and move in the direction of gentleness. Maybe you need to slow down. Maybe you need to stop the activities. Maybe you need to go, these are the drainers I need to get rid of, mm-hmm. and it can't be your children. <laughs> Honestly, Sally, you brought up a really great point. I think a lot of times as a mom, I find myself drained and find myself not having a- enough relational energy to actually connect with the people who are right in front of me that I so desperately want to. And so sometimes for me, it looks like just reevaluating where am I spending energy and then really spending energy in the places that I want to. Like I just talked to a friend this week. She's similar age to me. She's about 30. Um, she has two kids. And she was asking me, like, how do you spend time? 
time with the Lord, because we know ultimately that like we will be filled up and find that energy in the word and in time spent with the Lord. And yet sometimes it's really difficult to achieve that. And it even just feels like one more thing on our to-do list. So I, I told her, I was like, you know what I do? I just, I am setting aside actively and intentionally setting aside social media and things like that. And even if I have to like look to the word on my phone. And even if it's just a few verses, Mm -hmm. I have found that just like opening up my little ESV Bible reading app and looking at Psalm 148 and reminding myself, praise the Lord, praise the Lord in the heavens, praise the Lord from the heights, praise him, all his angels, praise him, all his hosts. Like these are the things that I find life-giving. And yet so often I don't turn there. So that's a, that's a really great encouragement. Who is it that does enable us to be gentle, Sally? Like what would it look like for us to, like you said, evaluate and yet um, to pursue gentleness and to pursue emulating that to the people that we um, are doing life alongside? I think that we have to stand back and go, wow, God allowed me to have three children, three little human beings. And what they need and want from me is love and guidance and protection and comfort. And they are not always going to be little ones. Right. And little ones are very demanding. And so if that's how it's been from beginning of time until now, then there must be some gift in it. There must be some way that God will bless me if I submit to the way that God made children, instead of expecting them to behave or to be something that they're not. Right. And so I feel like I had to uh, change my expectations. When I had three children under five is when I finally did it. Yes. I, I, oh my gosh. Um, it's always going to be like this. And and I no daytimer is going to make this clear up. And no childhood philosophy book is going to make <laughs> it easier. I, it's so true. Even on your best days, like you still, something still goes wrong and you're not going to meet the schedule that you've set for yourself. Yeah. And even <laughs> to say, okay, this is normal. And I have a choice to make. I can be happy and and contented and thankful, or I can be neurotic and angry. And so it took me a while. I mean, I feel like most of my life, God was so patient with me, but most of my life I fought against what what was just normal in life. My kids said that the time I most went ballistic was at the sink. You know, I'm not a sensate in on Myers Briggs. Um, I do details, but they just drive me crazy when there's too many. And if there would be a sink full of dirty dishes that I know they could have washed, one more time, that would be when I would go. um, So I think it's it's really changing your expectations. Be grateful. There are people who wish they could have three healthy children. Uh huh. Uh huh. What is it that helped you to do that, Sally? You know, I I would love to tell you that somebody did help me, but in all my 19 moves seven times internationally, I usually found myself alone. But I do have to say that, you know, and I failed a lot, but over and over and over again, I, I knew that my relationship with my children was born out of my worship of God. Mm-hmm. I knew that He was the one that had prepared me and had called me to really influence them. And so it was mainly out of being desperate and saying, is there a verse that can help me? Is there something that happened to me? 
um, because I, I honestly, <laughs> I was alone a lot of my years of raising my children. So I, I have to say, little by little by little, the little verses helped me mm-hmm. to have um, anchors of knowing, you know, says, you know, not to quarrel, but to be gentle and patient and um, to be tolerant in love and let your gentle spirit be known to all men, the Lord, all men, the Lord is near. So, yeah, it was just a, a slow process, but also I just knew that human beings long for love and long for affirmation and acceptance, and they respond to personal relationship. And so I just practiced it. Mm, I love that the Holy Spirit enabled you to do that and that he just gave you eyes to see how you could meet your kids, you know, emulating the character of Christ in their very life. And you served as a picture of him for them. And it's just really, really encouraging. I pray that the listeners are encouraged just to nestle themselves in him um, as you did and to nestle themselves in the word of God, like you mentioned, and just to to cling to it like a lifeline. It is our very life. And that is such an encouragement to me that we do have access to the very words of God contained in the scriptures. That is, again, like why I continually find myself looking there when I'm feeling, like you said, just poured out to my bones. So I would love to hear from you. Obviously, you've mentioned the word of God and you have 21 books that people can go and check out. (laughs) But do you have any other resources that you would recommend for those of us who really want to grow in this area? You know, um, well, uh, for one thing, I do have to say there were many times I had to ask my children for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And a part of being gentle means doing that. And so I I was not uh, perfect in this, never have been, hopefully will be by the time I'm 70 or something. But um, <laughs> so forgiveness, I told my kids I'd pay for them all to go to counselors. Um, you know, I mean, you know, yes. I, I knew we yes. weren't, but I think it, we moved in the direction of at the end of the day, we will all ask each other for forgiveness and move in the direction of love. But anyway, I'm trying to think right now. I've kind of been on this not reading binge because I'm working on my book. I hate to mention this, but I'm going to mention a couple of my books because... Um, oh, do it. Go for it. One of them that I would say that really helped me a lot, it was this, it was Ministry of Motherhood. I love even the title of that. I had to look at that as my ministry so I could feel like I was actually doing something. And it is. It is. Yeah. It's your it, primary it, ministry. Yeah. But in in the ministry of motherhood, I looked at the life of Christ and I said, what were the principles of his influence in the disciples that they were all willing to give their lives for his cause? And so I take an outline of GIFTS and elucidate grace, which is loving God and loving people well and learning how to do that and looking at his life through this lens inspiration, faith training service. But anyway, it's the whole book is really about how to create and cultivate such a relationship with your children that you really will be a picture of how Christ did it with his. Hmm. And then what I'm writing right now is kind of the whole thing is about mentoring and what influences children and what doesn't. So I, that's my main resource to give to you. <laughs> Love it. That's so great. And we'll make sure to link to all of that in the show notes, including your podcast. Sally, one of the questions that I ask every guest who comes on the show, it's just a fun question so we can get to know you a little bit better, is what are three of your simple joys? Well, one of them, as most people know, is I lo- I love my tea. I, I, I <laughs> yes. was in Europe for a long time, and I don't feel a bit guilty about having it several times a day and my coffee. So I do love tea. 
and I love having people over, um, sharing tea and coffee and sitting on my front porch and rocking in my rocking chairs and having fun. The second thing is I absolutely, I'm a walker and a hiker. I mean, I, I walk about five miles a day. And I'm always looking for interesting places. That's why I loved Oxford, because there was an endless amount of parks and cafes and places to meet people. So I loved, I just really love walking. I'm probably the ADD person. And walking helps me get out my adrenaline and everything, even my anger. You know, if you're you're really frustrated, put a child in a stroller and go for a brisk walk. (laughs) Um, And um, I love story. I love movies and books. And and I, I guess I really... My simple joys are my children. I just adore them. They give me so much pleasure. I love talking with them. I love being with them. I never knew how much fun it would be to grow up to be the mom of those four children. They are really a simple joy for me. Well, I always enjoy hearing about how you view your children as friends and how you really sought to, you know, just have that perspective of you're raising little disciples, you know, just the perspective that you have on your kids and how you enjoy them and how you sought to delight in them as they were kiddos. That's been such an encouragement to me as a mom. So it's definitely one of my simple joys. And truly that perspective has helped me so much in my motherhood. So I thank you so much for that. Um, Sally, you've had a great impact on so many people, particularly your kids. And that's so fun to get to witness from a distance, but I'd love to hear from you as a guest on the journey women podcast. Who is it that's had the greatest impact on your own journey with Jesus? You know, so many people I was, uh, when I became a believer, people met with me at every point. Like I, I was on the staff of, um, college organization for a long time. So people invested me then, but um, I would say that in the past number of years, I have a friend, Phyllis, who is older than I am. And she, every time I'm with her, she pours into my life. Uh, mm. She was on, on the staff of Navigators. And so her whole heart is about mentoring too. But um, she just, uh, you know, I have several friends, Gwenny. I mean, I, I have several friends who are kingdom minded, uh, just amazing women. And every time I'm in their company, they have something to share from scripture, a book to have read. They always take time to use words of encouragement to me. Mm, well, such an encouragement just to get to hear from you. I'm so grateful to have had you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. It's just been a blessing. Oh, I really enjoyed it. You're great at, um, at, at what you're doing. This is really fun. Thank you. Thanks so much for sitting down at the table and pondering the topic of gentleness with Sally and me. Just this week, as I was doing the typical mom thing, you know, navigating torrential temper tantrums and the like, this verse from Isaiah 40 that Sally shared just flashed through my mind. It says, He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. We pray this conversation gently lifted your gaze to our great shepherd in whatever trial you're facing today, big or small. Don't forget that this episode is part of an entire series on the fruit of the spirit. This series has been so incredibly convicting for me, dare I say fruitful. (laughs) Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so that you don't miss our final episode on self-control with Blair Lynn, just when you need it more than any other time of the year in the thick of the holiday hustle and bustle. Hey, we'd love to catch you over on social media at Journey Women Podcast and hear how this series on the fruit of the spirit is meeting you in your current season. 
Speaking of seasons, we're praying for you in this season of Advent that your focus will be on waiting with expectation for the gift of Jesus and that we would all see our need for him more deeply so that we also feel a deeper yearning for his return. Hey, as always, it is a joy to get to journey alongside you guys. I can't wait to see you here next Monday. Have a great week. Oh,